I'm shook. Welcome to the Holly Shook Coffee Table Talk. I'm Armin, and I'm joined by my partner. We've been in the tabloids a lot recently. We've been in the headlines, and I felt it was finally time for me to bring myself to the Holly Shook Coffee Table. And I'm joined, of course, like I said, by my partner, who has been making headlines for betrayal, for entanglements, for all sorts of nonsense. That's Ryan Alkire. How are you, Rye? Welcome to the Holly Shook Coffee Table Talk. There is a lot of healing that needs to be done today. And may I just start this off with the cheers to bad marriages. For life. Cheers for life. Cheers, Ryan. I'm drinking a vodka watermelon mint water. Why are you unsure of what you're drinking? Because it's a bottle that someone gave me. I don't oh. really know what it is. How are you not sure what it is, though? You put it in your mouth. I'm drinking Funk Zone. That's fun. Do you want to see the label here? It looks really fun. Also, there's a lot of times I don't know what I'm putting in my mouth. So, <laughs> it's shocking. And neither does Jada. Um, <laughs> ooh, uh, the but- shade is coming out <laughs> early tonight, honey. <laughs> um, if uh, our listeners couldn't tell, we're talking about the red table talk between Jada and Will. Um, in an entanglement themselves. The word entanglement is forever ruined for me. I hate it. Um, it was a low usage word for me, to be honest. I'm not often using the word entanglement, but like the one of 10 times I have in my entire life, I now regret it. You know? Do you regret it or has it taken on new meaning or even has it become memefied to the point in which it's fucking hilarious to use now? Uh, I'm going to lean towards the memefied. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fine with, I'm fine if that becomes a meme. I, Oh, it's been memed already in 48 hours. It's been memed. I'm, I'm living for the memes of it. Um, it's just such a random phrase to use, especially when you're talking about, Fully being in a relationship with someone 20 years younger than you while you're married. Okay, what is the weirdest word you've used to describe a relationship? Um, a melding of minds. <laughs> is that how you describe Holly Shook? Uh, I would say that this is a melding of minds. And it's not an entanglement, nor is it a relationship. Call it what it is. Rye, call it what it is. It's a parasitical relationship (laughs) where I feed off of your ability to produce a podcast and take from you without giving anything back. No, it's Um, really deep healing. And I'm so grateful for the 25 years and counting. 25 and counting. counting. Um, Way to to age me. Um, I lived for this red table talk i found it to be very interesting i i don't know it kind of made me like them more in a weird way i know this sounds wrong of me 
but it uh-huh. made me like Jada less. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm okay, saying so... it. And it made me like Will more. Okay, so you are anti-feminist, misogynistic, you hate women, and there's nothing else to say. Thank you guys for tuning in. I was going to say, is this meninist of me? You know, sometimes you got to side with Will Smith, and that's okay, and it's not being a sexist. Sometimes you got to feel for the guy who is about to break down crying and may have been wrong. But was he was he about to break down crying? <laughs> right. I shared no. with you a couple screenshots. I wait. I, no, are you being serious though? You really don't think he was going to break down and cry at any given moment? He looked broken. Did we watch the same Red Table Talk? Did we? There's only one, right? <laughs> there may be more than one. <laughs> Of just Will and Jada? I'm kidding. Well, there actually is more than one of Will and Jada, but there was one but I mean, but perfectly I mean timed this before this incident. Um, I know that he was on it before in the few, in the past, but I'm saying for this specific in, like incident. There was only one, and in this one, he looked exhausted. She looked glowing. She did look glowing. And spectacular. He looked exhausted and, frankly, a little old. And his eyes looked red and he looked like he was about to cry at any given moment. I was actually, I was watching it with Camille and she said, why does Will look so like tired? And Jada just looks pristine. And I said, well, one was the cheater and one was the cheatee. I will also argue that Will Smith has worked a lot more in the past 10 years than Jada Pika Smith has. I... <laughs> you think he's <laughs> actually just physically exhausted. I, like I just think he's tired and old because he's been in three hundred thousand movies. The only I'm like I feel like I need to just state this at the beginning and and publicly state the only reason I know who Jada Pinkett Smith is is from the animated hit classic movie Madagascar where she plays the hippo. I don't know anything else she's been in. And honestly, listeners, if you have. If you're a Jada Pinkett Smith stan, please let me know what she's been in. I've literally only seen her as the hippo in Madagascar and Madagascar 2. And now Red Table Talk. So it's like, of course, Will Smith looks a little older, looks a little more tired, looks a little more, you know, beaten up because he's actually been working, whereas Jada Pinkett Smith has been the hippo in Madagascar. How about the jaw clenches? Come on. He he looked Uh, upset. Okay, but Armin, Before we get into the content, everyone, we're going to judge the physicality of this first, and then we're going to get into the substance of what they said. If I knew this was going to be a body language, like, therapy session, I would have, like, paid more attention to the body language. Like, I was listening to, like, the words and the emotions that were being expressed. Um, I'm not saying he looked, like, comfortable. Like, he definitely was more upset than she was. But at the same time, I feel like, of course, he's going to be more upset about it no matter what, because it was out of his control. Like, even if they've worked through it, from what I got, they've worked through it. They've talked about it. They kept bringing up how this was old news, that they were, like, shocked that this this was getting brought up, like, years later. But at the same time, like, no matter what happened, like, Jada was the one who 
initiated it. So, she, of course, she's going to feel more at ease with it than he will. And I think I don't think that'll ever change, no matter how much they talk about it, no matter how much they are public about it, you know. So, right. Tell me if I'm wrong here. You probably will. I felt like the one moment where Jada looked legitimately hurt was when she talked about how August actually ghosted her. Did you pick up on this? That was the one moment where I sort of felt like, oh, Jada is stumbling. Otherwise, she was very in control. But when she had to bring up the fact that August cut off all communications, I got this subtle, subtle little tell, in my view, that she was a little emotional over that. Otherwise, she didn't really seem like that being up over anything. But Will was really broken. But, like, did you pick up on that at all? I noticed it, but I also... I'm like, it's the first time she's talking about it publicly. So, like, I think anyone talking about how they got ghosted and how they got ignored publicly, it's going to be awkward and sad for them, like, whether they actually care that much or not. Like, it's just kind of awkward. Have you ever been ghosted? I've never texted someone a day in my life, so, like, (laughs) no one can ghost me. But... I've been ghosted. I guess, like, easier said than done, but, like, if someone just, like, stopped responding to me and I was, like, I guess if they were, like, if I was in an entanglement with them and they stopped responding, I'd be, like, offended. But, like, in general, if someone doesn't respond to my text, I'm, like, okay, cool. That's really never happened to you? What, being ghosted? Yeah. No, who would have ghosted me? Someone you were in an entanglement with? I don't entangle with people. I would... (laughs) I've never had an emotion towards another person in a day in my life. You like, keep I your know. entanglements um, at a minimum. At a minimum. And also, like, I don't know, just at the end of the day, like, I can't respond to texts all the time. Like, sometimes I'm fucking tired and, you know, I just respond 24 hours later. I'm like, I don't take it personally. I guess ghosting is like they just never respond ever again. But <laughs> Yeah, do you know what ghosting is? Was my next question. <laughs> Yeah, ghosting's like when someone kills you and then you're kind of just like haunting them. It's I know what you did last summer. It's like very I know what you did last summer. It's very like haunting of Hill House. Um, That's ghosting. And it's very common these days. I'm like, how many people are murdering others? That's what I'm concerned about. But um, no, I... See, the thing is, you're the one doing the ghosting. That's what I'm getting out of this. You're talking about how like you are late to respond. You don't text anyone. You're the ghoster, not the ghostie. I guess so, but like I'm like a I'm like a peekaboo ghost where it's like I You pop your head out every now and then? Yeah, I'm like I maybe don't respond for forty eight hours, but then I'm like You're like the mole in the whack a mole. That's what you are. Mm-hmm. I'm very whack a mole. Like uh-huh. I just kind of like hi, I'm here, and then they hit me over the head with some text that I don't feel like responding to and then I just don't come back. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love that. No, I've been ghosted. Um, I'm pretty good about it. Um, It's like a three text max. Yeah. After I don't get a respond after that third one, like there's that first one and then you send the second one, you try to do a variation on it. Right. You're like, maybe they just like got distracted and then like opened the text, but then forgot about it. We've all opened the text and then forgot about it. Exactly. And then there's the drunken Hail Mary. That's my arc. The drunken Hail Mary third time text. 
uh, I know people who just go full bore 20 texts. Yeah, no. I have, I may or may not have a friend who will text me 70 times before I respond. Every single text, a different conversation. And Don't I'm just put like, me on blast like that. And it is Armin. And welcome to the Holly Shook Coffee Table Talk. Once again, this is the Holly Shook Coffee Table Talk. And I'm going to bring up the important issues that we have in our entanglement, Armin. And it is that you text me 300 times before I respond. Fair enough. Which isn't not true, but then I also do the same to you. Right, right. That's just how we operate on like a producing this podcast level, but also like setting up our virtual happy hours level. Um, okay, wait, back to let's circle back to Jada and Will because we're a little bit here to talk about them. It is the Holly Shook coffee table talk, but sometimes we're gonna talk about the red table talk. Right. The moments where I really thought Will let it show, aside from and we'll save this for the end, the I'll get you back moment. We'll talk about that. Oh, I liked that. The two times where he goes, So what happened, Jada? Super biting. I thought that was a tell that he wasn't keen on the August Alsina situation. Okay, so I'm just gonna let's just let's just let's call it what it is in the words of Will Smith. An entanglement. I think that the vibe I got overall in general from the Red Table Talk was that this was a huge issue in their marriage, partnership, whatever the fuck they call it, years ago. They may have dealt with it pub- like privately, and they've moved on. Now, it has come to light publicly. Mm-hmm. What I was getting was that maybe Jada was not being fully honest with what they had discussed privately now that it was public. Like she was holding back on things or she was changing her perspective. And Will was calling her out for that. I don't think it was in a I'm on the brink of tears way or I'm still upset about this way, but it was more of like if our entire thesis statement of this conversation is that we are honest with each other, then like be fucking honest. And Jada at some point says, like, we have never, like, had secrets or something. Right. She says that explicitly, and he's like, yep, yep. Um, Let's get into the details. Okay, so the episode starts, like I said, with Jada and Will sort of setting the stage, and they're like, "There there were a lot of headlines. The media was saying this and that. Will said this, Jada said that, and they clarified that they actually never explicitly said anything. And then Will says to Jada, so what happened, Jada? And Jada explains that four and a half years ago, she started a friendship with August. According to other reports, she doesn't say this on Red Table Talk, according to other reports, Jaden, of all people, actually introduced August to his mom. That's fucking weird. Um, Super weird. Yeah. Probably regrets that. And uh, Jada then goes on to say, like, we became really, really good friends. And she also explains that their relationship, or sorry, their entanglement, sorry, their friendship, um, it all started with August needing help for health and mental issues. 
Okay, right. but they keep it all vague. They never get into the specifics, which I think is actually a good thing. Don't like put them on blast for that, right? And Will like confirms that he's like, yeah, when Aug first came around, he was really sick, and the outpouring for him from our family was initially about his health. And Jada talks about how like they found resources for him, and they were able to like get him through that health situation, and it was like a really difficult situation. Um, okay, before we move on from that. What was your reaction to all that? Because that is an interesting way for your entanglement to launch. Almost like caretaker to lover. It is, but it isn't. Like, if mm. you think about it, like, how many movies, TV shows, books, like, whatever have we read slash watched that are, like, it starts off at this kind of, like, mentor-mentee, like, relationship or... You know, I don't want to. I don't nurse patient it. Kathy Bates in misery, right? And I don't want to call it like a mother daughter, but or mother son, but like in a way, kind of like it seemed like maybe he was going to them for like advice or insight, or you know, you guys have been through stuff, like help me. And even though that's a weird, I don't want to say weird. I'm not trying to relationship shame. But even though that's a unique way to start a relationship, I don't think it is that otherworldly. So in addition uh, to that, Jada said that her and Will were going through a super difficult time. And Will was like, I was done with you. And then he, you know, they laugh about it and they say, well, marriages have that though. And Jada says, we basically broke up. And Will clarifies that they decided that they were going to separate for a period of time and they were each going to go in their separate ways to figure out how to make themselves happy. And they both said, like, yeah, this was indefinite. Like, they thought that it could be over. And Jada at one point says, oh, no, we were over. Yeah. How, how does that, rise sort of impact the way you view this whole scandal? So this was actually my favorite part of the whole thing because I, I like get it. Like I can relate to what they're talking about. And I think that it's very healthy for them to be like, we're not working together right now and we're not good for each other in a way. And just like the idea of a, couple who are in a relationship like breaking up and like separating and having their own life and their own time and then like knowing that that's good for them is really inspiring I think because I don't know I've I left this interview being like they love each other like they are fucking there for each other they've gone through some shit and like yeah, there's probably some, like, very, like, heavy emotions and backstory that goes into this exact moment. But, like, I find that to be cool. I'm, like, the fact that people can go through so much together and still end up being, like, able to sit at a table and talk about it civilly and, like, talk about it honestly is really, really cool to watch. Like, I thought it was a really amazing interview. No, the ending is super cute. 
No, and you're right. I mean, the way they're able to do that, especially in front of the cameras, you know, it, it felt like a very healthy relationship that you were uh, uniquely being able to view in a very, like, raw, organic form. When else has that ever happened, really? I mean, even on our favorite reality TV shows, right? I don't feel like we've gotten a relationship, a, a conversation about a relationship that was, like, that raw and that to the point. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. Um, they- I just think it's cool, and, like, I think that this specific moment where they're talking about when they did break up and they were like, it's over forever. We're never going to be back together. Like it's over. And then to now look at them now, it's like, I don't know. I think that's really cool to see because I'm a believer in like timing and I'm a believer in like everything happens for a reason. And like, I think their relationship, it was about timing and it was an everything happened for a reason. Like they wouldn't be too, the point they are now without these bumps in the road, like in the past. I'm just like, good for you guys. Like fucking work. I mean, to be able to do that, especially again, in front of the cameras, that's fucking hard. You're being observed. You're, you know, you're going to be judged. You, you know, yep. tens of millions of people are going to view this. Yeah. That's difficult to do. It felt like a conversation that they could have had at their dinner table. The red table, if That's, you will. Yes, and I agree. They could have done it at the dinner table, but like, also, it's not lost on me that these are like two huge celebrities. Right. Will Smith being one of the biggest movie stars like of our day and age. It's not lost on me that like they were doing this on her talk show over just doing it privately, you know, like in right. the space of their own home, like. But let's That's also remember, Rye, they don't need to do this because, uh, you know, they aren't like the Kardashians who live off of personal scandal, right. who, who cannot make a living. Well, maybe now they can because of all their, you know, lip kits and stuff. But pre- <laughs> all of the lip kits. <laughs> Every last fucking lip kit. Um, and all of like, I don't know, Kim's racist form wear or whatever the fuck. Do not talk about our future first lady that way. First off, <laughs> um, is first that is formwear a word? I, I don't. I didn't know how to describe whatever that is. I didn't even know she had a fucking line of anything because famously don't keep up with them. <laughs> Rise not keeping up. Uh, but no, you're right about that. But also, again, you know, they are worth hundreds of millions of dollars and none of it is because of reality TV. Yeah. And I agree. They didn't have to do this. No. Like publicly. But I think at the same time, it makes sense that they did. Like I'm a, like I'm a PR conspiracy theory person where I'm like, everything anyone does is a PR stunt. Like, (laughs) like I don't think that Jada and will wanted this to ever get out. Mm -hmm. And we'll get to that. (laughs) I think that it got out against their will. I think that they didn't want it out. It came out, but they saw it as an opportunity to just be like, I'm going to put this to rest and just like do an interview she happens to have this like talk show that kind of blew up in the last year. Why not go on and just like give our statement? 
I know we talked about this on our last podcast of how this could be a scandal that goes on for months and months and months. But now that I watch the table talk, I'm like, I feel like they put it to bed. Like, I feel like they're not going to talk about it again. Like, I don't know how you feel. I don't think it will go on for months and months and months. But that was actually never my point. My point was that I felt like it was groundbreaking enough to merit a historic scandal podcast. So maybe it's on the level of like a Kristen Stewart cheating Right, like that podcast. So it's it's not one of the more, not a college admission scandals where right. every month we're getting new updates. It's more of like a, oh wow, this is like a big fucking moment in these in this celebrity like culture, and we could talk about this ten years from now on the podcast. Absolutely, it's an earthquake, if you will. Yeah, and I think there will be a few more little breadcrumbs, you know, a few little nibbles, a few little bites. And those bites will be essential to the ultimate, you know, storytelling of this scandal. That's what I mean. No, I get that. I get that. I get that. Uh, But quickly to your point about how they didn't want this to come out. So later in the Red Table Talk, they say, um, Jada says, it is a little weird that all this stuff is coming out now. And Will goes, yeah, because for me, this was years ago. So the fact that it's coming out now, and I think it could feel weird for people that were laughing and talking about it. Jada goes, it happened so long ago. Will goes, our experiences of working through it, fighting through it, talking through it, and therapizing through it, I think the why now is weird. Um, is that all innuendo based on the fact that August Alsina has an album coming out? and was promoting the album when he revealed all this information. Maybe it was innuendo, but I'm also like, why now? And very, very, very confused as to why now. We cannot push the album promotion aside. That is going to be, like, once again, hashtag PR controversial, like, <laughs> master. Let's, let us not forget that the August guy has a fucking album coming out the same fucking week that he drops all this shit. Brilliant. Like, sarcasm aside, it's fucking brilliant. It's obvious, but at the same time, like, it was true. He didn't lie. And he's going to sell a bunch of albums. And, like, you even said the other day when you looked him up on Spotify that he had 90 million plays or some shit. Like, there was no way he had anywhere close to that before this scandal. Right. Good for him, you know. Good for him. Um, I also have this weird like, thought that if Jada and Will just didn't even mention it, it would have just gone away. Uh, no, it's too big. But, like, uh... if, if this random unknown, I mean, I don't want to say unknown because people obviously knew who he was, but <laughs> non-mainstream celebrity made an accusation and nobody involved ever had anything to say about it otherwise, like, wouldn't it just go away? It was already picked up by all the outlets, though. Even before they said anything. Even before Jada's tweet. That I'll be bringing myself to the red table. So, hey, maybe it wouldn't have gotten this big. Which, like, for sure, they've given it a lot more fucking exposure. Um, But I also get them wanting to clear their names. I mean, if they even needed to clear any fucking thing. 
Right. Um, so like <laughs> they've been accused of some felony. Um, it then it then leads me to the thing of like, well, then did did Jada want? I don't see. Mm, I don't want she liked it. No, I'm like I'm not saying she wanted it to come out, but like I don't think she's like mad that it came out because like if her first response is I'm gonna take myself to the red table, it's like okay, well now everyone's gonna watch that episode because they want to know what you have to say about it, and like you're not gonna make a like announcement in the papers about it. Like you're gonna make everyone. It, it reminds me of, and this is to this day the best I think. PR way of promoting a project. Miley Cyrus, when she released her album Bangers in 2013, 14, um, after her breakup with Liam Hemsworth, she didn't talk about it in the press at all. She didn't make a statement. She didn't say anything. All she said was, listen to my album and it'll explain everything to you. Brilliant. And then... Her album was one of the best pop albums of our generation. Thank you very much. I will die on this hill. And it was brilliant. I'm like, good. Like, don't make a statement because everyone wants to know how you feel about it. Everyone wants to know what happens. And she goes, well, listen to my music then and it'll tell you. And I think it's the same thing with Jada where she's like, okay, if this is going to come out, I'll make a comment, but it's going to be on my own fucking show and I'm going to profit off of it. And I'm like, good for you, girl. I support it. I'm like... I'm not, I don't know if I said this yet. I don't think we should choose teams, but I am team Jada. Mm, I'm team Will. (laughs) So we chose teams. (laughs) But we're not choosing, just so everyone is aware who's listening, we're not choosing teams. But if I was physically forced to, I would be team Jada. Which means that you are eventually going to podcast with somebody else and break my heart and get in an entanglement and we're going to have to get back to the Holly Shook coffee table talk. Yeah. And I will explain my feelings on that situation at the Holly Shook coffee table talk. I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. Um, wait, okay. Back to the red table talk. So I like how you mentioned how transparent they were and how honest they were. And I felt that also worked when at times maybe they were being elusive. Right. Um, and, this exchange was one of my favorites near the beginning when I'll actually just read it to you. It's a short exchange. Okay. Um, it's the entanglement relationship exchange. Mm. The one that I, broke Twitter. Nothing breaks Twitter anymore. Everything's breaking Twitter. Yeah. If, if everything breaks Twitter, does anything break Twitter? Twitter's just broken. Right. At this point, can someone fix Twitter? Like I, can someone say something that fixes the damn thing? Because I'm over it. Jada goes, from there, as time went on, I got into a different kind of entanglement with August. One thing I want to clear up with things that were swirling with the press about you giving permission, which is the only person that could give permission in that particular circumstance is myself. Will says, uh, yeah, exactly. Jada says, what August was trying to communicate, because I could actually see how he would perceive it as permission because we were separated amicably. And I think he also wanted to make it clear that he's not a homewrecker, which he's not. Will says, I think, so, I mean, because this is your red table and you like brought yourself to the red table. I think you need to say clearly what happened. 
Jada says, as far as what? Will says, you and I decided we were going to take our space, and what happened? Jada says, yeah, and then I got into an, an entanglement with August. That's what I said. Will, an entanglement? Jada says, yes. Will says, a relationship. Jada goes, yes, it, it was a relationship, absolutely. Okay, I loved that exchange because Will was willing, Will was willing, hey. to confront her, you know, uh, not only confront her, which I think itself, you know, that's a difficult thing to do when you're in a relationship, when you're in a marriage, right? And this is an emotionally charged thing. But to do it in front of the cameras and say, you know what? I'm not going to take this entanglement bullshit. Say it. Say exactly what it was. And you know what? I actually do have lots of you know respect for Jada in that moment to not like dig her heels in and be stubborn and say, no, it was an entanglement. It wasn't a relationship. And then the whole fucking red table talk would get sidetracked maybe <laughs> because right. they'd get into some stupid argument over relationship entanglement. That's dumb. Yeah. But she instead says, yes, you're right, relationship. That, to your point, right, shows the strength of their partnership. And I agree. And, like, I think I said this earlier that I think at the beginning, Jada was maybe trying to hold back and maybe, like, not, I don't want to say criminalize herself, but, like, make herself look bad. Whereas... It became clear with this specific conversation that Will was like, no, 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 no. We've already talked about this in private. You're not going to say something differently now that it's public. You're going to say what we've talked about. And I think that was him being like, Jada, if you're going to have me on your show and we're going to talk about this together in front of cameras, you are going to tell them exactly what we've discussed already. And that moment sticks out to me because I think from that moment on that it's very honest and it's very vulnerable and it's very, okay, fine. Let's just call it what it is for everything. And I think that's great. Like I'm right there with you. I'm like good for Will for like standing his ground and being like, no, no, no. And then also like, I appreciate Jada being able to kind of, like, swallow her pride and be like, all right, fine. If we're going to do this, like, I'll fucking be honest. Like, I don't know. That was a great moment. What was your reaction to, like, the way Jada looks back at her time with August? Like, she's clearly fond of it in some way. Um, Explicitly grateful for it, right? Like, Will, at one point, calls it a transgression. And she's like, I wouldn't call it a transgression. And yeah. she goes on to say how, like, grateful she was for the journey and how she was able to learn so much about herself and, and confront, like, her own deficiencies, like, in regards to, like, emotional immaturity and insecurity. And and that's when she talks about how she was able to do, like, really deep healing. And that relationship with August really seems to have meant a lot to Jada, um, at the very least in terms of personal growth. What, what, what was your reaction to that? Yeah, I think that I understood that she was 
grateful for the relationship and that she, like you just said, like grew a lot from it and that it was, I kind of got that it was almost her way of realizing that she didn't want to be with someone else. Like, like it was kind of like her, okay, this is, I'm going to compare, obviously she's going to compare this relationship to her relationship with Will. Like, you know, no matter what situation you're in, you're always going to compare your next relationship to probably your last one. So like, she probably compares her relationship with Will with her relationship with Tupac, for example. Did she date Tupac? I don't know anything about Jada Pinkett Smith other than that she was the hippo in Madagascar. Like, I literally don't know who she is. When Will says that they were both, like, broken people going into their relationship... Yeah. (laughs) My theory is that Will is talking about his divorce. From whom? Why do we have a celebrity fucking podcast, Rye? Why? Like, why? Like, why do we have a celebrity fucking podcast? My brand is having a celebrity <laughs> podcast, but knowing nothing about celebrities, like, it's literally it. It just is who I am as a person. And and Pac, he he died one year before they got married. Yeah. Before so. who? I, Will and Jada. But what does that have to do? Were well, they that, that's why they were broken people. That's what I'm saying. When When Will says that, I think that's what he's referring to. And they were friends with Tupac? Well, Jada was in a relationship with Tupac. I don't know how long. I can look it up. But but they were close. Damn. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. Well, Tupac's still alive, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, I I don't know. Point, point being, other than my extreme non-knowledge about celebrity past relationships, I would assume that... Jada kind of breaking it off with Will to be with August helped her realize that she wants to be with Will. That's what I'm getting from it. But I could be wrong. Okay, article from one month ago. Why Jada Smith, why Jada Pinkett Smith's relationship with Tupac still affects her to this day. The heartbreaking detail details of Jada Pinkett Smith's precious relationship with Tupac. But you know what? Apparently, they may not have had a sexual relationship, but Tupac, I know, wrote some poems about her. If I'm not mistaken, this is all off the memory. I also just quickly Googled it. Um, There's also this. Will Smith said he was jealous of Tupac and Jada Pinkett Smith's relationship. All right, well, it sounds like all of them were gay for Tupac. Poems, jealousy, sounds stupid. (laughs) Um, <laughs> insecure Will Smith's jealousy over Jada Pinkett Smith's love for Tupac. Um, that's a whole other Holly Shook, I guess. I would love to. I honestly, would lo- I? I don't know enough to, about Tupac. Like, I need to like research Tupac's murder. Will Smith confessed he was deeply insecure over wife Jada Pinkett Smith's complex relationship with Tupac. That's so weird. Like, so was that why she was famous? Was she like was she famous before Tupac? Like. Honestly, like I'm kind of on your level with Jada, where it's like I don't know really anything about Jada except that she she was the hell in Madagascar. No, I see. I didn't know that, but my the thing I knew about Jada, aside from <laughs> the fact that she is uh, with Will Smith, is that she uh, had a very close relationship with Tupac. That was the one thing I knew. And I'm just gonna say, just like a quick personal side note, um, Madagascar was one of my favorite movies ever in like middle school i was obsessed with it 
Um, the giraffe named Melvin, who was played by David Schwimmer, was literally my AIM profile picture for like all of middle school. Like I was obsessed with Madagascar. I thought it was the funniest movie I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and that's the only reason I know who Jada Pinkett Smith is. <laughs> I feel like your love of Madagascar informs your comedy. It really checks out. Like, yeah, fully. I haven't seen it in so long, and I'm like, I still feel like I think it was hilarious. Oh, I love that so much. Um, I need to IMDb her. I'm like, is she in anything else? Oh, she was in The Matrix. Oh, fuck, yeah. Right, exactly. That checks out. I, I, I did see The Matrix. Oh, my God. She was in Girl Trip. You guys know I love Girls Trip. How talk- do you love Girls Trip and... <laughs> and forgot she was in it. forgot she's in it. Yeah, I actually talked about it on the last podcast. <laughs> We literally talked about this last week. To be fair, Tiffany Haddish steals that movie, so you mm. kind of forget the rest of the people in it. But like, oh my god, she's great in Girl Trip. Okay, I love. I suddenly love Jada Pinkett Smith. I'm actually obsessed with her. I'm her biggest fan. <laughs> Knowing one thing about her, I sh- I know th- I know three of the movies she was in now. Name two relationship facts about her. She's fucked Will Smith, and she's fucked Tupac. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know. He wrote poems about her. Though. Are we sure she fucked Will Smith? Oh. Ooh. Okay, she fucked August Anderson. No, no. <laughs> um, okay, so what's next on our con- on our coffee table talk? Um So Jada talks about how important her relationship with August was to her personal healing. And then she goes into her relationship with Will. And she says, quote, I'm just grateful for the journey that you and I have had together because I feel like there are a lot of couples that go through those periods and a lot of couples that have to separate and think it's over. The one thing I'll say about you and I, there's never been secrets, end quote. We referenced this earlier, um, but clearly they've been through a roller coaster ride and they and they talk about it even more on this whole Red Table Talk, but... They've gone through the wars. I do think, this is real, like you can't be in a relationship, a long-lasting one, two and a half fucking decades for them, right? You can't do it without some wars, without some battles, without some scars. Right, right. And, and they say something to that effect later uh, in the episode, but um, you either make it through or you don't. Uh, but it's not going to be clean. It's just not. And, and they're being real about it, which I, I respect, you know? Like, I, don't go on and be like, we're perfect, like... A lot of people like to say that, right? Like, we're, we're fucking perfect. And you know what this kind of reminds me of, Rye? And, and tell me if I'm off base. This kind of reminds me of Hugh Grant going on Jay Leno post hiring a hooker. Yeah. Cheating on Elizabeth Hurley. Now, I'm not comparing Jada's entanglement with August to, you know, Hugh Grant's entanglement with the prostitute. But, but you're comparing the post reaction. The post-reaction, because Hugh Grant was very real about it, if you remember from that scandal. Yeah. He went out there and he was like, you know what? This is what it was. I fucked up. You know, this is what I am. This is what I did. And this is what it is. And I feel like they're doing it in their own way. It's not, you know, one-to-one. It's not the exact same scenario. Yeah. But um, just back to the whole transparency thing. Like, you know, again, like like you kind of alluded to, they're still performers and this is still a profit uh, venture here. <laughs> but and yes and yes I'm, I, 
I do think that, like, of course, she's going to do it on her own talk show rather than do it on someone else's talk show. Like, why wouldn't you? It's your own talk show. Why did Hugh Grant not do it on the Grant Table Talk is my question. But, yes. On the Grant Tapes Talks. But, like... (laughs) Grant Tapes Talks. My thing is, like, it's similar in that we talked about it on the Hugh Grant podcast of, like, because... (laughs) Hugh Grant? What did I say? You said Hugh Grant. We talked on the HG podcast of... (laughs) Like, he owned up to it immediately rather than trying to make excuses and try to, like, play it off. And it worked. Like, people are like, all right, cool. People fuck up. You own up to it. Maybe you're a little sleazy, but, you know, I'm not going to, like, fucking hate you for the rest of your life. They forgave him immediately. Yeah. And I think it's a smart move. We said it was a smart move with who? <laughs> and we're saying it's a smart move with Jada Pakasmath. <laughs> of like just own up to it be like this is my life like that's the crazy thing about like celebrity culture too it's like we play into this of like we microscope pick at every little thing that celebrities do because of course it's on a public plane like we see everything they do whereas the majority of people that are like you know, nitpicking up these celebrities have probably done something similar, if not worse. So to just own up to and be like, yep, that's it. I did that. What are you going to do about it? I didn't send this to you, but I thought this was one of the best tweets. And I want to pull it up because I thought it was so fucking true. It, it was basically what you just said from at Jasmine Be Knowing. So we'll give a little shout out. She really do be knowing. (laughs) She really fucking knows. Because she says, quote, I'll say this much. We really can't judge Will and Jada because if most of us talked about our business out loud like this, we would sound messy as hell. End quote. Yeah, that's fucking true. Literally. You know what the main difference is, though? And this is real and it must be said. They profit off their mess- messiness. Yeah. I wish I could profit off my messiness like Jesus. We don't. And like, but he- here's the thing. There are pros and cons, right? So some celebrities, for example, they like to profit off their messiness, be super famous, and, you know, make millions of dollars per picture, Right. Um, A part of that, though, you have to know the reason why you make millions of dollars per picture, the reason why Halle Berry gets casted in a a role that she should have never been casted in is because there are tabloid magazines about you. There is interest in you and and then there's going to be there's going to be interest in the film. You can't have it both ways. But sometimes celebrities say, you know, I hate uh, being followed around and I hate paparazzi and. I don't want to be in the tabloids. I don't want to be uh, talked about. And it's like, okay, I get your frustration with it. That's fair. I mean, I'm I'm not saying you can't like objectively say like it's going to be annoying, but you should also acknowledge that you would be nowhere near as filthy rich. Right. And by the way, if you still had the acting itch, uh, you could act in your local theater or something. Like it's... It's not like acting right. is only in big movies. There, there are actually people I've known. Someone like this. I had a former colleague who did small little roles in his, in local community theater. Loved acting. He just loved right. it. You could do yeah. that. Well, there's like yeah, there's 
there's this idea that if you're a full-time actor or you're a, like, writer or performer, like, whatever, you have to be rich and, like, you have to be the most famous person in the world. Like, there's millions of people who their full-time job is acting and, like, no one knows who they are. Like, you've probably seen them on every sitcom ever, but you wouldn't, like, recognize them passing down the street type of thing. But at the same time, sometimes it's not that. And sometimes you're Will Smith and sometimes you're the most famous person that, you know, I would say Will Smith was one of the most famous people I knew growing up. Absolutely. Personally, no. And, you know, sometimes you can't really reverse it, right? Like you just get into it and it, and you're on the ride. You know, it's you get on the roller coaster ride and you buckle in and it starts and it's like, yeah, it's over. You're on the ride. And if you think about it, like I'm comparing it a little bit right now, just to like another like hashtag topical moment of like the Glee cast, like they were all unknown. And then that show was so popular that they just like were like all so famous instantly. And like shit happened to them. Like a lot of fucking shit happened to that cast because like they were like rocketed to fame overnight. And mm-hmm. there's like two ends of the spectrum of like you get you make it big because you got a big break or like someone like Will Smith, obviously with Fresh Prince, he became very well known, but I would say he steadily like grew to the level of fame that he is now. And then there's Jada Pinkett Smith who no one really knows why she's famous, but she just like kind of is. Um, (laughs) And by nobody, I mean us. Uh, I don't know. You just got to kind of like own your level of celebrity and like, if something like this comes to the forefront, you have to figure out how to address it. And I think, I honestly think this red table talk thing was like a great way to address it. No, absolutely. Um, right. Let me ask you, would you rather, um, be super famous, right? But that means your messiness is all out there, right? It's out there to be scrutinized heavily. However, of course, acknowledge the fact that you are probably, um, wealthy beyond measure. Like, you are good, your kids are good, your grandkids are good. I mean, generations upon generations, fine. Um, Or, or, would you want your messiness, um, you know, to be as it is today? Unscrutinized, as messy as fucking ever, right? But you don't need to worry about anyone talking about it, nitpicking it, um, red table talking it, twittering it breaking Twitter, fixing Twitter. Um, But you can't take advantage of fame because you don't have it to make hundreds of millions of dollars. What would you rather have? Right, right, right. Um, No in between. Okay. And first and foremost, this question implies that I am messy and I don't appreciate that. Um, I'm famously very put together and have never made a mistake in my life. But if I were that way, I honestly would say, I don't know, that's hard. Like, <laughs> I don't think I want my shit out there. I, th- I think I, I would just like, forego the fame. I wouldn't like want, okay, so like I have this weird thing where like growing up, I was like, I want to be the most famous person in the entire world. And now I'm like, I don't want anyone to know who I am, but like I want to, <laughs> but like I want to like be able to do what I love to do and get paid to do it and like make my living off of it. So it's like, mm-hmm. Ideally, yes, I would like to, like, perform and write and, like, do comedy and, like, do TV and, like, whatever and, like, make a living off of it. But, like, I wouldn't want to be Will Smith level of fame where, like, everyone in the world knows who you are. 
but like I was saying earlier, I'm like, there's so many people who get to do like acting and writing and whatever as they're living, but like, they're just still like normal people. Like they, their mess quote unquote, isn't broadcast across the headlines. Like I want that. I'm like, I want to like, I want to like do movies as Will Smith, but then like everyone forgot who I am afterwards. <laughs> you, so you like, want, want to be to. Uh, like, you want to do films like Will Smith or do you want to like maybe have like Chelsea Peretti levels of fame? She remember, she's not doing fucking suicide squad. She's not in a big superhero movie. I'm not saying I want to be in Will Smith's movies. Like I'm oh, okay. saying I want to like, uh, yeah, I guess Chelsea Peretti, but like even not her. Um, <laughs> If I, think I, I feel like be- that's a decent level of fame. Like nobody's peering into Chelsea Peretti's life, but she's decently wealthy. No, she is. I mean, she's definitely rich. I want to be Jada Pinkett Smith. Look, I want to be the. <laughs> I want to be the hippo from Madagascar. I want to never have to do a single thing ever for the rest of my life, other than that, and still be rich and famous. Like, of course, that is not what her life is actually like. But in my reality, Jada mm-hmm. Pinkett Smith has never done anything other than the hippo from Madagascar, mm-hmm. and. She's very rich. So, like, I would love that. I always find it funny, Rye. This is a bit of a tangent, but I always find it funny when people go, like... This whole thing is a tangent. Yeah, what the fuck have we been talking about? Um, when people are like, I like, why do people talk about celebrities ever? Like, I don't get why anyone cares. And it's like, you do realize they want you to fucking care because if you don't care about them, right. then, like... Maybe, like, at best, they're John C. fucking Riley, a very underrated character actor. Love John C. Riley. Oh, me too. But very underrated character actor. Um, nobody gives a shit about who he's fucking or who he's cheating on. But you right. know he's doing it. Um, allegedly. Wow. wow. The John C. Riley entanglements. <laughs> um, you know, like, okay, I, I'm not going to, like, pretend I know what Will Smith wants or doesn't want, but, like, to be fair, it's Will fucking Smith. Like, that guy, he wants major levels of fame. Like, just look at the way he's done his career. Yeah. Major blockbusters, Independence Day, Hitch. Hitch. <laughs> I love that we both said Hitch at the same time. As if Hitch, it's a to me, is the only Will Smith movie that matters. <laughs> that and Men in Black 1. Like, literally. Oh, I love Men in Black. The rest of his movies, I don't care about. You know who's underrated in, in Men in Black? Vincent D'Onofrio. No idea who that is. He is the villain in that film. The cockroach dude. Yeah. Okay, well, good for him, I guess. It's basically like being the hippo in Madagascar. Like, no one knows who you are. D'Onofrio is a good actor. But anyway, (laughs) D'Onofrio levels of fame. Right, like, now we're just going on about fame. But, like, (laughs) even John C. Riley, I'm like, John C. Riley life seems freaking awesome because he's still rich as fuck right no that's a good level of fame actually he gets to do cool movies he gets cast in cool movies has cool parts people know who he is like if he was gonna go to a restaurant people would be like oh my god that's john c Riley." but But they won't bother him but they're not gonna bother him and they're also like nobody's gonna like photograph him leaving the restaurant like who is he with you know that people would definitely be like oh my god i was next to john c Riley at dinner and maybe like one person would like take a selfie with him while he's waiting for his car at valet, but that's it. Right. The one annoying person's gonna be like, "Oh my god, I loved you in Chicago." Fuck that. Which was she me. was great. By that, the way, you know that was that is me. I'm you are the one who would take the picture with him. Yeah, that's me. Checks out. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, wait. Back to Red Table Talk. Enough tangents. Um, okay, so they talk about how their relationship endured, right? And uh, then Will says the whole thing I talked about earlier about how they came together when they were young and broken. And then Jada says, it's the idea of any relationship and trying to get to a deeper understanding of love. It's going to be forged in fire. There's no way around it. One of the things that I am deeply grateful for in this whole process between you and I is that we have really gotten to that new place of unconditional love. Will says, because I wasn't sure I was ever going to speak to you again. And Jada says, no, I know. Will says, the fact that I'm speaking to you again is a miracle. Jada says, I would agree. I would agree. Will says, it ain't for the weak at heart. There are just certain things you have to go through. Uh, Jada says, I wish that weren't the case. And Will goes, it's not all magic and miracles. Then Jada says, I'm just happy. We never, ever, ever thought that we would make it back. And then Will says, there's a real power in knowing somebody is riding with you no matter what. And you really can't know that. And then they both kind of say, like, until you go through some shit. Then Will goes, I don't want to go through this no more. And Jada's like, I don't either. And then Will said, I thought the timing and the delivery on this was perfect. He goes, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get you back first. Mm. And then Jada goes, oh, you're going to get me back. I I think you've already gotten me back. I think we're good on that. And then Will's like, okay, that's probably true. And then Jada's like, and I don't think it's about getting anyone back. And then Will goes, no, for me it is. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a fascinating fucking exchange, right? No, I was fascinating. Wait- I was waiting to get to this part because it was so funny because it was like almost like, okay, I sat through your little interview and then now I'm going to kind of like get the last little laugh. That had wow factor. That had like a punchiness to it. I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, is he saying like, I'm going to go fuck someone? You want to imply that, and I, I like also thought the same thing. But then it's also like her response of being like, "You actually already got me back," and then he's mm-hmm. like, "No," is like so interesting because obviously this whole scenario started six years ago, so that's a lot of time for like him to maybe do something back that just hasn't been brought to public yet. Or what if like his version of getting her back is like sticking a whoopee cushion on her seat? Right. During red table talk. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's just that kind of prankster. It's like he was super corny and innocent. Well, like it's funny because I thought it started off as like a joke of him being like, well, yeah, and I'll get you back one day. And then she was like, well, I think you already got it back. Like, I feel like she like took it seriously. And then Will was like, uh, like it was a joke, but okay. No, the second time he re- he reiterates it when she's like, and I don't, and she starts to like try to expound on it, right? She's like, I don't think it's like really about getting anyone back, and he like quickly jumps and he's like, no, for me it is. It That's is. when I was like, oh, okay, he's he's being real. Yeah, I loved that. I thought it was, I thought it was good because it's it's kind of funny and lighthearted, but there's like that weird undertone of like, oh he means something that was like an oh fuck moment that's a totally oh fuck moment and it kind of felt like a cliffhanger too of like (laughs) 
They could have totally cut it there. That would have been really brilliant. Like, from a producer standpoint. Yeah. Like, if I were to, you know, produce this podcast, which I do, I would end this podcast right now. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) But isn't it near the end when they talk about that? Or is it not? Oh, yeah. So, the very next thing, basically, that happens. I mean, she's like, I'll give you that petty shit. Da, da, da. Um... (laughs) And then she says, if you expect to be with somebody for a lifetime, and Will goes, 25 years and counting. Then Jada says, we ride together. And then they both say, we die together. Yeah. Bad marriage for life. I hated that. <laughs> and then, it, okay, and then it ends on the on a really sweet thing. Okay, wait, why did you hate that? I mean, I loved that, but I also was like, okay. You hate loved it. Yeah. Okay, and then it I ends on like- this. Which I thought was actually really sweet. Will um, says, I told you the first year we were married that I can love you through anything. And Jada says, and I didn't believe you. If somebody had a crystal ball and said, this, 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 this is going to happen, I'd say no way. And then Will says, you thought I didn't have the girth that it was going to take to ride with you. Okay. Just very quickly. I, did you Did you vibe with that use of girth? Oh yeah, no, the word girth like freaks me out. So like when anyone says that, I just am like there's sexual undertones. Like to me, girth is like very uncomfortable. I thought it was a misplaced use It was a weird place to use girth. Yeah. Okay. But I also was like, oh <laughs> <laughs> And then Jada says, I didn't know if you would be willing to find the deep capacity to love me. And Will was like, how am I doing? And Jada's like, you're doing fucking great. Yeah, you're awesome. And it ends right there. And I thought that was actually a really sweet, cute ending. No, it was so sweet. And like, that's why I'm saying like, watching the thing overall makes me just be like, really respectful of their relationship. Because I'm like, they can have these ups and downs. They can have this drama. Will can, like, push her at the beginning of being like, no, 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 say it how it is. Let's not bullshit here if we're going to do this. And, like, at the end of the day, they they do, like, love each other. They love being with each other. They work perfectly together. Because I believe that imperfection is perfection. And, and right there is where we're going to end the Holly Shook coffee table talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was cute. I was like, this is cute. Um... They, I don't know, I just like them. I'm like, I think they're a cool couple. I think that they, like, handle this type of stuff very, like, maturely. And one could say progressively. um, And I'm all for it. I mean, like you alluded to earlier, a brilliant way to handle this from a PR standpoint. You know, get out ahead of it. And they're, you know what's funny? They are very willing to break the fourth wall on that because they outright say, like, there were all these headlines, people saying this and that about us, yeah. and fuck it, we want to come out and, like, tell our story the way we want to tell it. There's no, like, mincing of words. And they also said, they're like, we didn't say any of these things. Like, we haven't talked to the press yet. So, like, everything we actually are going to say, we're going to say right now. So anything you saw before this is not what we said. And, like, I thought that was really smart, too. Let's end on here, Rai. How do you think August Alsina feels right now? 
She's probably like, fuck yeah, 90 million views on Spotify, bitch. I'm fucking famous. I actually think August Alsina is the only winner of yeah. this whole thing. Because, yeah. like, you could say, well, you know, Jada Pinkett Smith's going to have, I think it's like 20-something million views on her thing, maybe more. I don't know. And, uh, you know, a bunch of people are going to subscribe to the Red Table Talk on Facebook. But people already did do that basically after the Jordan Woods thing. Yeah. Her show had publicity and and it had cachet and that and it wasn't off of her own scandal, right? So is she a winner out of this? I don't think so. Uh Will, you know, I think I thought Will looked good. Um but again, doesn't, you know, doesn't probably feel great for him to have to <laughs> experience yeah. this um uncomfortable fucking super awkward conversation um i really think the only winner in all of this is august alsina and, and like again we come to find out he goes to jada so like it wasn't even jada breaking up with him he breaks up with jada he reveals all of this not them so it's on his own fucking terms and it just happens to be uh by you know happenstance just a happy little coincidence for him that this all gets revealed by him you know right before his album release so he's probably going to sell a lot of albums i will definitely say he comes out with the best growth slash benefits from this but at the same time i wouldn't consider jada pinkett smith nor will smith a loser in any regard in this situation. Like they handled this so well. Like, I don't think anybody looks bad in this situation of the three of them, like all three of them, honestly, nobody looks bad. This is almost like a non loser scandal. There's no loser. I actually agree with you there. That's a great point because I wasn't, when I was saying all that, I, I wasn't trying to imply that anyone was a loser. It's just hard to say will is a winner, you know, because again, he had to endure a really fucking awkward, like, Red Table Talk. Um, Jada has to deal with this like PR thing. Um, but they're not losers. You're absolutely right. You cannot label them losers. I would say maybe personally, yeah, maybe Will has to like deal with it emotionally and personally, like, but it's not nothing he hasn't dealt with before, I feel. PR wise, publicity wise, just kind of like status wise, I feel like just everyone kind of came out of it looking good and kind of came out like better than they did before. Like, I personally never really, like, cared that much about Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith's relationship. Like, I've heard things about it in the headlines, but, like, I never cared that much. And, like, now I'm kind of like, they're fucking cool. Like, I like them. This is the but, rare win-win-win like, scandal. Yeah. You heard it here first. This is the first ever in the history of scandals of first ever win-win-win. Win-win-win. I'm trying to think if there was another win-win-win. Um, well, honestly, I'm hoping we hear more about this, like in a good, cool way. I hope it doesn't like spiral out of control and become messy and gross. Um, cause it's kind of been like, in a weird way, it's kind of like an uplifting scandal right now. I agree. It is uplifting. Yeah. It, it has surprised us, I think, because I think when the news first broke, it had a chance to be really uh, messy and really destructive to a lot of you know people's lives. They handled it correctly. I think this will go down in the celebrity PR books of how to handle a scandal. Oh my God. I should write that book. That is 
how to handle a scandal. That is, someone write that down. That's a fucking book, Rive. And you know what you do? You use examples of the ways celebrities have handled scandal. Oh, my God. To illustrate what makes a good response and what makes a bad response. Hugh Grant, great response. Jada Pinkett Smith, great response. Great response. Others, not great responses. <laughs> Other ones that we can't think of off the top of our head, even though we've covered millions of them over the past three years. Um, okay, so I actually have to go write my book, How to Handle a Scandal, immediately right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, I guess we'll, I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out if there's more about the scandal coming up. I mean, that's what we're here for, right? Anytime there are updates. We immediately uh, jump on the pod, you know, any time between, you know, two days to 28 days later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we cover the scandal extensively. That's what we do. Yeah. If you guys have any opinions on how you think this scandal was handled, TM, copyright, um, let us know. We'd love scandaled. to hear. <laughs> and even though we are not choosing teams in this scandal, let us know if you're Team Jada or Team Whale. And yeah, thanks for listening. And if you guys want to support us on Patreon, uh, you can find us at patreon.com backslash Holly Shook. We will have multiple exclusive bonus podcasts a month on Patreon. And we would really appreciate your support on there. And uh, at the very least... You know, subscribe to this podcast, rate it five stars. If you're listening on iTunes, you can also follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Holly Shook Pod. Uh, you can also follow Rye. Rye, where can they follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at Rye Alk, R Y A L K, or on Twitter at The Real Rye Alk. Or I now just recently started posting on TikTok, which is also my Instagram handle at Rye Alk. And trust me, my one video that I posted so far is freaking hilarious. There's more to come, people. Watch out for the next Holly Shook Coffee Table Talk on TikTok. Ooh, that that Ooh. Holly, Holly Shook Table Coffee Table Talk on TikTok. Ooh, that's hard. Ooh, that's <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Join us next week. Bye.